The Serenity Sisters show is about navigating our modern life, culture and society. A holistic approach to unravelling the layers which contribute to our health and well-being. Raising awareness to stimulate positive change and peaceful acceptance. Looking within and finding your inner peace. Good afternoon and welcome to the Serenity Sister Show. My name is Saffron and if you're just joining me today, this is going to be a belter of a show. I've got two guests with me and it's not one that you want to miss really. If you've never listened in to the show before, this is all about a conscious way of life. So it's all very much orientated around lifestyle and well-being related topics. So today in the studio, I have two lovely women that are joining me, Helen Jackson and Sophia Howard. They actually met in India during the pandemic and after returning home, they decided to explore life on the road. So they're no longer wanting to be a square peg in a round hole. That's their quote. After two months, they are now joining me in the studio to talk to us about a more conscious and simple way of life. It's probably best that we start with a quote, and we've discussed this as well prior to the show, something that kind of sums up what you... I don't want to use the word what you're trying to achieve, because it's not about achievement here. It's more about just living in the present moment. But um, yeah... I would like to just start off this with this quote, first of all, if that's okay, just for our listeners. This is a quote from Into the Wild, which is a movie based around a character who decides he's had a bit of a, a belly full, I'll, I'll say, about um, everyday life and the way that systems operate and um, establishment and society um, conditioning. So... He kind of sees the Orwellian approach to life and decides to take to the road on his own and he becomes very self-sufficient. So this is a quote from one of the journal entries which ties up nicely to Helen who has been keeping a journal while she's been on the road and these stories are part of a collection now which we're hoping to get out there to anyone that hopes to promote this as well. So the quote from Into the Wild is, So many people live within unhappy circumstances, and yet they will not take the, the initiative to change their situation because they're conditioned to a life of security, conformity and conservatism, all of which may appear to give one peace of mind, but in reality nothing is more dangerous to the adventurous spirit within a man than a secure future. The very basic core of a man's living spirit is his passion for adventure. And the joy of life comes from our encounters with new experiences. So, guys, how do you feel you connect to that? I'll maybe hit you up first, Helen. Oh, okay, no pressure then. (laughs) (laughs) It really speaks to what I'm about. And and where it all started for me was my daughter saying to me, Mum, why do you make everything so complicated? And my response to her was, do I? And then that, for me, started this whole um, journey of simplifying my life. And then once I'd done that, I'm like, oh, now it's time to follow my dreams. And the first place that I went was to India. One of the first places was to India where where Sophia and I met. Uh, And we connected totally over lockdown. And then I came back and another friend of mine said, so where are you going to be for the second lockdown? And I'm like oh anywhere but here Mm -hmm. so I put my backpack on and went traveling around Europe for a few months and then when I came back I thought well that worked but it didn't work what I need is to get a vehicle so that I have my bed with me 
and it took a little bit of time and a lot of frustration from me before I found the right vehicle. Like, I want it now! <laughs> and um, then Snail and I, the vehicle appeared and her name was Snail. We took to the road. So I totally resonate with what this guy is saying. And yeah. for me, I have a little sticker on the steering wheel that says exploration. Just to remind me, because yeah. sometimes I forget. Absolutely. Yeah. So I should mention to the listeners, you're also known as Slug and Snail or Snail and Slug. <laughs> Helen, you are the snail in that duo because of the whole encapsulated by the, the van. And that's, you were explaining to me earlier that um, it's got several meanings, snail, hasn't it? Yeah, so snail is my home on my back. So I have everything I need in this, in this van, everything. And um, also, we travel really slowly. Mm-hmm. And then, do you want to tell the story of Slug? Um, the story of Slug was quite interesting. I think the name actually came out of a kind of play on words with Snail. <laughs> but it is green, and it's a tent that we actually found at a, a festival that had just finished. And at these festivals, there's loads of brand new tents that just go to landfill. So we showed up, and we grabbed one. <laughs> and then became the journey of Snail and Slug, basically. So you guys, you tend to go your separate ways at times Mm -hmm. when you're on the road. Um, Can I ask what would prompt that? Is it just you you go with the flow, you feel you need some space? Um, Absolutely. And what is it that brings you back together? Well, I would say, truthfully, we're both solo travellers, but at the same time, solo travel can get a bit (laughs) lonesome at times. So when we met, we were both travelling solo as well, and then as we've kind of continued our friendship over the last two and a half years, we've kind of banged into each other and then gone our separate ways again and continued our journeys. So, yeah. (laughs) It's great. And um, I guess we forget that the listeners can't actually see us at the moment. Um, I hope it's okay to to mention the age difference here, how it doesn't really matter whatsoever. (laughs) You've just found your way and you were drawn to each other, would you say? Absolutely. It's funny, one of, one of the things, so one of the things that Sophia brings to the party is balance. And as you can see, we're extreme in more than just our ages. <laughs> so I'm 64 years old, and I'm, Sophia... I'm 28. Is 28. Um, Sophia, I am white... I'm black. <laughs> and I've got dead straight hair. I've got thick curly hair. <laughs> and so we've had to deal with all of those slight uh, differences and actually connect and find the balance point to be able to be together. Yeah, absolutely. And we always seem to find it somehow we always balance each other out. So it's kind of the perfect travel buddy. That definitely. We, yeah, we, we've grown a lot, definitely. It all came from that lockdown period in India and just developed such a friendship there. So but you've been on, on the road... Would it be around two months now? <coughs> For me, it's a little longer than that, I think. Yeah, around something. I lose track of time. It's yeah. like being on the road is a whole different concept because normal rules actually don't apply. So this whole thing about time, it's like I don't even have a clock in snail. <laughs> if I, I turn my phone off every night and in the morning it's like, do I need to do anything today? Am I supposed to be somewhere? No. Great. Is it time to wake up yet? <laughs> and I actually get to choose each day. Um, as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what would be beneficial to anyone listening in is to kind of start, maybe rewind a little bit, 
Mm -hmm. go back to when you guys met um, before the lockdown and, and tell a little bit more of the story. I'm very conscious of the fact that it can be quite a controversial subject in terms of <laughs> it's so easy to judge, isn't it? And for people to think, well, it's all right for some, can just take <laughs> to the road, no worries. But it's all about a way of life, really, rather than... It's all about coming away and undoing of our culture and the mm -hmm. way that we conform to things. And a lot of people think that's so hippy dippy or, <laughs> you know, it's too out there, um, you know, contribute to society and all that. So I think it's really interesting to be able to go back. And yeah, I just wanted to start from the beginning, really, guys, to look at how you came together really about how the random ways of life and how the universe works, how people are led to each other and how your life can go off on a totally different course if you have self-belief or if you go with with the signs. So do you mind just really talking me through how you met and, and how you came to this conclusion? Sure, sure. So um, I'd always followed a typical route through life. I went to school, I went to university, I was set on getting a house and a good job and getting married and um, I kind of got to a point after five years in my career where I was like this isn't really working for me the pace of life all the typical things and it led me on to a, a journey where I was just going to go and see the world so everything I'd saved I just took with me packed a bag and shot out to India at the start of the pandemic March 2020 <laughs> and um, then I met two random people while I, when I just got to India and all the chaos was going on, all the beginning of the pandemic. Um, there was a threat to be put in quarantine from the local police in India. And I randomly found this hostel through two random backpackers. And that led me to the hostel where I met Helen. So <laughs> I think she can tell a bit of what brought her to India as well. Yeah, what brought me to India is... Um, I've been a bit of a rebel my whole life. You know, if somebody says go to university, my answer is, um, to put it politely, no thank you. But I'd use stronger words than that. <laughs> and um, I've, I seem to have just fallen into the travelling way of life. Maybe some people would say it's a, an excuse or, you know, I don't know what it is. Um, and I discovered India some years earlier. And the thing about India is it keeps calling me back. That's one of the things. The other thing is it's ridiculously cheap. So it means that I can live there for probably a month on what it would cost me to live here for a week. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was one of the uh, attra attractions. And um, I'd been to India the time before and I kind of received this message that said, you need to come back and bring your family with you. And I was like, what? So I went home, spoke to all my family, and then my son and my granddaughter came to India. And we both ended up in the um, Indian culture hostel mm -hmm. where we met Sophia. And then we went into lockdown and there were um, 60 people, 60 other rebels. <laughs> yeah. like, I found my tribe right there and everyone going, you can't tell us that we can't go out here. And, yeah. you know, there was so, there was some chaos. The lockdown rules was we weren't we were not allowed to leave the hostel. So whatever we had was all we had. Uh, dal and rice every day for lunch and dinner. Um, no alcohol, no means of getting any meat just dal and rice and water and then 
what we kind of found in this hostel is we couldn't leave. So what are we going to do? Are we going to make it great or are we going to make it bad? And yeah. what happened was all these people kind of realized what they could give to the group. So some people were masseuses and they could teach massage. Some people were yoga teachers and they could give yoga classes every day. Some people were chefs and could help in the kitchen. And it was like all these people started to give what they could to this community that had been forced together at the beginning of a pandemic <laughs> it's like old school ways of life yeah. which i feel we've kind of wandered away from a lot of those values yeah. um for various reasons but that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down yeah. but i feel it's it's really good for everyone to be more conscious of that yeah. because i think in this modern way of life certainly with a western culture mm-hmm. when it comes to mental health we know there's a lot going on there um and the answer that's normally given or the stuff that's projected from media is normally be more selfish. If you're suffering, think about yourself, never mind anyone else, which in some cases, if you interpret that, that is like stop worrying about what others think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some people interpret that as be more selfish, stop contributing, stop giving. Um, and I love the fact that what it comes down to when you look into all of the various concepts of life and spirituality and conscious living, in order to receive, or it shouldn't be a case of giving to receive, but the root of happiness comes from your contribution. Yes. So people get caught up and I'm not happy, I'm not happy, I have to make myself happy first before I can give. Of course you do, you need to like make sure you're in a good state of mind make sure that you're more accepting of yourself Mm -hmm. you're living in the present moment but you do need to have that connection and it's interesting because you're one of the things that you said when when we were trying to bring the show together and look at the theme was that um every day is is about learning and life is about learning and the lessons and it's also about unlearning Mm -hmm. but you'd mentioned that every single day we create our story mm-hmm. so for you Sophia it's it's about creating every day yep. um, do you feel like giving is a, is a big part of creating that story? Um, do you mind? If I go? Absolutely it, so that came to me at Christmas when I was like what genuinely makes me happy and that is the giving to others I hadn't really realized it before because I was so focused on making sure I was all right and then what I did with that was okay I can't work in this world anymore in this IT world that I used to be in I could look at volunteering abroad and that's what I did because then I wouldn't have to worry about my accommodation and food costs because often hosts cover those costs and then it allowed me to also give to others while you know living this travel life that I love so much so it's kind of working out what doesn't work for you and what does and that's where you find the balance between you know looking after yourself and looking after others definitely so Mm -hmm. going back to when you met and you went through that together as a group you learned almost like trade for trade or skill for skill or Mm -hmm. you know contribution all coming together Mm -hmm. and making the best out of a situation um I feel it would be good as well when, if you were to maybe let us know what happens when you came back. So you returned to the UK. Uh, can I just add one thing that yeah, is, of course. Is, um, that I can see now that maybe I couldn't see as clearly. This is where we're balancing each other, Sophia. 
is that we came from a place of complete acceptance. Mm -hmm. Complete acceptance. If someone was having a meltdown, we accepted their meltdown. There was nothing wrong. And that culture spread through the entire place. And we came together really as a family through that. Like, yeah. It's so easy to kind of isolate people. We didn't. We worked. We came together yeah. and we worked the opposite way. Like, oh, so-and-so seems lonely, unhappy, isolating themselves. How can we include them? And mm -hmm. um, that amount of po positive. Yeah, I love it. It's all about the ripple effect. Yes. And we were discussing only the other day, um, I, I suppose we will get onto the story about how, how I met you guys as well, but <laughs> that's another one, um, another random. Um, but yeah, just really touching on the subject of when you are struggling and mm -hmm. you feel like nobody's there for you, oh, you've given to, to so many people and you get into that resentment and that victim mode nobody cares about me now that I'm in need and Helen you made a valid point about you know sometimes we're not asking for it we think we are but we're not asking and I guess you've been able to see that happen and it's it's you've created that in front of your own eyes in that situation of being in a group and seeing that someone's struggling they might not necessarily have reached out but that caused a ripple effect just acceptance um, and maybe little by little you know holding space for them you've mm -hmm. mentioned mm -hmm. is a real you don't always have to give or solve someone's problems is that right you were saying yeah simply hold this space because i can't solve anybody else's problems if you have a problem the only person who can solve it is you and if i can bring a listening if i can be where you are with you without the drama like you can do your own drama and I can simply hold that space. Yeah. There'll be a moment where you go, oh, and you'll see something that you hadn't seen before. And suddenly there's the open door and boom, now you've got the choice to stay where you are or to walk through the door into the unknown. The possibility. The possibility. Yeah. And I, I guess putting it out there to anyone listening in as well, it is important to just remind yourself of what is available to you because when you get into that mind space it's such a brain jumble such a fogginess you become quite self-consumed and you forget what you've got access to you might feel that your circles you've maybe got frustration or anger oh I was there for them now they're not there for me and but you forget that there is or there are options there may be not ideally options your ideal options in your head mm -hmm. because some of it can actually be facing some fears and almost doing something like oh I've not done that before what do you mean sharing that with a neighbour you know I, I have no money in the bank I'm waiting for something sometimes it just takes a small step to open up and then you realise within a heartbeat there's an entire community there helping you out so I guess that's a good message to put out there um, that it's so easy to get distracted. I think that tune as well that y you chose. Mm -hmm. um, 
I've learned recently, especially with the, the quote that we used at the start from Into the Wild, the guy that went away on his own journey and he was very solo and he's like, I, I, I can do this. You're meant to be happy on your own. You're meant to be self-sufficient. You don't need all that. You don't need connection. I don't want to give a spoiler to anyone that's not seen that movie, but the end of it's quite tragic and it really hit home for me that my imprint has been to be very self-reliant and to learn to enjoy my own company. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, when I was forced into my own company, it was the loneliest times ever. Now I relish it. It's my recharge time. But this whole story that we've, we've just touched on about you know the ripple effect and reaching out and how community can come together, I guess what I'm saying is that it's all about working within and, and being within the self but it it's also essential for humans to connect yes. and I forgot that it is. so you guys and this is how yeah, we met exactly yes. exactly we how we forced met. together <laughs> it's, it's like I was alone for so much of my journey and alone and lonely and when Sophia messaged me she says I've been back in London for 10 days get me out of here yeah. I was like okay but there's only one bed in snail so you're going to need to bring a tent and she's like I don't care just get <laughs> and it feels like the the last however long it's been six weeks, months yeah, or the, this oh, last oh. time we've travelled together we have just met such phenomenal people and simply because we have this practice of going up to people and saying hello (laughs) and they look and go who are you and we go you okay like a cup of tea (laughs) and we just offer them anything that we have because we've both been ridiculously alone and lonely and it's as simple as Mm. you know reach out and touch somebody's hand with kindness great song just Mm. be kind and we have received it like overflowing mm-hmm. abundance of kindness of kindness coming back from you wonderful Scottish people yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly and I guess it's important as well you're, you're saying about um, reaching out and giving but if you're on the other end being aware of who's trying to reach out yes. to you and being open to it mm-hmm. because you don't know I know personally when I look back in my own life it's just you know those books that you used to get choose your own adventure the Enid, was it Enid Blyton I think Oof, I can't remember not quite sure but I feel it's it's so crazy when you look back on things and you think wow if I hadn't have just encountered that one person or that one situation Absolutely. it wouldn't have gone off and it's phenomenal like you say those opportunities that happen and you've got the choice whether you are open to receiving it uh-huh. or you're going to stay shut off Absolutely. Um, so you guys you, you go go apart and you do your own thing for a while so like we were saying the solo solitude and you're brought back together because human connection is important mm-hmm. um, you went back to your homes after India yep. um, could you let us know if you don't mind like what what was your plan or like what was your did you have a day job and it, I think it's inspirational for people to know that this hasn't just all been like 
free and cool and you've had no worries it's been conscious choices that you've made to leave jobs it's been a difficult journey without a doubt so when I came back from India I had no idea what a culture shock I'd receive coming back to England people say you get a culture shock going to India but it was the complete opposite for me I hadn't seen an advertisement in a year I hadn't seen anything that said sale in a year and I came back into London and went what is this and um Yeah, the plan was to get away again as soon as possible, but uh, the pandemic continued. So what I did was a bit of UK travel, joined Helen in Snail, went to Wales, we went around Somerset a bit, just going into sort of random fields, (laughs) camping up and meeting people, kind of random journeys, and also discovered creativity. This is a thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, Helen introduced this great book to me called The Artist's Way, and it made me realise... Yes, there's a massive adventure out there with the world, but there's also an adventure in me, as in my creative self has been tucked away for so long by these day jobs. It's been hidden by working in IT and sitting at a desk all day and not realising what I can actually create with my life. So whether that's writing, speaking, painting, whatever it be, we are all creators and I hadn't realised that since I was a four-year-old you know (laughs) and went through the school system and into work and that really gave me a new level of confidence that I hadn't felt for so long that I can be something rather than I'm just going to follow the traditional way of life and that has really set my journey on another level this this last year because it's been Uh, really normalised isn't it like being in these unnatural environments Mm -hmm. for so many hours um in a sedentary kind of role at a desk you're Mm -hmm. not got a lot of movement you're not getting air you're not connecting with nature and I know a lot of people listening in might be thinking well that's reality that's just life (laughs) but you know there are other ways and I think it's great when you meet people because they're on your wavelength straight away because I felt we knew each other's language didn't we yes um and I feel that whole concept, I love the concept of um, I'm creative myself and being an actress and filmmaker, the whole idea that you're actually writing and directing your own script or your own movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you will have entry and exit points for different actors or characters, um, but you can also change the scene at any point. Um, you can go off on location somewhere. So, you, yeah. So it's a, a brilliant idea. Um, yeah. And I just feel it might inspire people, maybe not to do completely what you're doing, but think differently. Um, now, Helen, you obviously, you, you've got your roots in London for a long time. Is it Greater London, sorry, I should say? Or yeah, it, inner yeah. London. It's yeah. quite, quite central, yes. Yeah. I find the more I go back there, the less, you know, I'm that square peg yeah. in a round hole. I don't fit anymore. And yet, um, so one of the things that we haven't spoken about is how do we afford this? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that alone for me has been such a major lesson. Because, yes, of course, I used to like getting my nails done and my hair done. And then when I woke up to how much money I was spending on those kind of things, I realized that, oh, if I want to follow my dreams, one of the things I need to learn to manage is money. And I took on a practice of how little money do I actually need to live on instead of how much can I spend, because that's really easy. 
Uh, and I'm lucky enough to have a very tiny pension from my husband. He died and that was another story. And I have this tiny pension as an income. And I'm like, okay, how can I live the life that I want on the money that I have? And that took some organization. And also, uh, the first time that I left to go, I just kind of upped and left. And then I realized, oh, I keep getting called back to London because I'm not complete there. I haven't taken proper care of the people and my home and things like that. Was it a little bit of closure you needed on certain things? Or? Yeah, maybe closure, but just I needed to put myself in the place of responsibility for what I'd already invo invited into my life. So yes, I had a home. It was rented out. So I was constantly dealing with the, the management the management company and I'm like this doesn't work for me so I needed to find a solution to that so I've let my other members of my family live in my home and they just pay the running costs yeah. so I know that my home is safe and being looked after and it's it's been a whole it, like it didn't happen overnight it's mm -hmm. been a real process <laughs> and I think that's important for people to know the way that we live makes it look like we just randomly upped and left oh, yeah. and, and we're living this adventure. No. No. <laughs> That's what's so special about sharing this on air because people are very quick to think, oh, that's just, like I say, hippy-dippy, like yeah. far out, head in the clouds right stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they obviously, they're leaning on other people or they're taking advantage of, of other people's kindness. And I hate to say it, I'm, I'm saying that from... My, my own position I, I was on the road at mm -hmm. one point um, in my 20s um, never thought I would come back but here we go full circle um, found myself I, I've, I've got reasons to still be here and that's why I still rotate around this area but um, yeah I think that's great to be able to share this because it's just dispelling some myths of travellers yeah. and it's also um, it's important like you say that it's been a really conscious decision and you can't just have a big undoing of all of these conditionings that we've had, which really have been lifelong. We're talking about trying to undo conditioning and habitual modes of thinking or behaving that have spanned decades. Yep. But mm. little by little, <laughs> you can just raise your awareness and say, do you know what? Am I really, I I'm stressed out because I'm skint. Am I really skint or is it that I've just mismanaged my, my money? Am I seeking dopamine every every payday? Am I spending to fill these gaps? Mm -hmm. um, which, again, we're not going to put it out there that this is in any way fault finding because we can all relate to that. Absolutely. We might have been there ourselves. I know that I filled gaps and I would get guilty and I'd feel... Why did I do that? Impulsive spending. You're trying, you've gone through a really stressful time. So you feel like you want to just cushion yourself a bit. Um, Sophia, you're nodding your head. So you obviously resonate with that. Yes. I'm just thinking how much we go after the things that everybody else has. So they've got the newest shoes or a nice house or a nice car or all these things that we think bring happiness. And they really don't. There, it's that in, instant dopamine hit that you're talking about, that instant gratification. And then we sit with these things and then we're looking for what's next because we're never focused on what we've already got. We're always looking for the next thing. And that's been a massive 
like unlearning for me is that I've always been taught to look for the next thing. When are you going to do this? When are you going to graduate? When are you going to get a job? When are you? And it's like, what if I just chose to be happy today rather than be happy one day when I've got all those things? And that is the kind of new way of living that I've decided to focus on. It's like, what genuinely works for me today rather than one day when I've got all these things that are supposed to make me happy? I think so many of us are guilty of that and through no fault of our own. I think with the increase in media since our grandparents times it's become huge and we're influenced by so much yeah. and we're influenced by those around us like our peers even as adults we've still got that inner child in us that's looking around for acceptance presence um yeah. i know i know some people that you know they appear to have had everything they wanted to achieve so they've had like the home that they always wanted they've got the dream home they've got like the two amazing cars in the driveway mm -hmm. both partners have got you know top-notch jobs brilliant salaries and then it's like right it was it, each time it's like we've got that right what about this though what about this what about this and it's like what about family though because everyone else is having babies right let's have babies <laughs> yep. and then they get to a point where they're like i've done all this now i'm what? still not happy <laughs> and it's like learning that is actually a child and every one of us that's that's got something that needs to be brought to a resolution um, so your story's been about a great undoing. Mm -hmm. It's about reining in, hopefully I'm getting this right, you can correct me, it's about reining in your spending, um, letting go of imprints, habit habitual ways of life, slow down the pace, because when you slow things down, you have more time to reflect. So it's more pause and reflect so that your decisions are conscious. You're aware of your impulsiveness and when you're thinking, oh, I really need that. No, 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 it'll make me happy. It's like, slow down. Is this a short-term fix or is it yep. going to be projecting into your future? Um, but it's also, like you say, it's, it's being conscious about ways in which you can make your money spread out, last, to have a life that you like. With you, Helen, you've explained about your pension. You've explained about, you know, limiting what you were spending so that you know you can have a, a very fulfilled life it's difficult when you live a life as well where we've been taught that eating eating is like to taste rather than to nourish so a lot of people are, are, are kind of thinking you can't just live on that every day and that's an americanized way of, of living isn't it you've got to have this absolute taste explosion in your mouth every time you're eating it's as long as you're nourished, mm -hmm. um, there you're not. Therefore, you're not trying to fill a dopamine yeah. gap from food. Absolutely. But Sophia, you kind of come in at another angle because you've been mentioning about finding volunteering opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, can you just kind yeah, of? Yeah, sure. So I got to a point at the beginning of this year where I thought all I really want to do is work with people and build community. That's all I really care about. And I found a website called workaway.info for anyone who's interested. And basically it allows people to volunteer um, if you're keen on traveling, if you just want to get some new experience, learn some new skills. And in exchange, a host will put you up and cover your accommodation. Say somebody who needs a shed built and has a spare room so a volunteer can come and help them build that shed and stay with them in that time and that allowed me to stop worrying about earning money 
but at limiting my spending and at the same time being able to help people and travel. So it was kind of this perfect balance that I found through volunteering because helping others makes us feel so good. I hadn't realised how good it can, can be for the soul and making authentic and genuine connections. I find that's what happens in volunteering because it's less transactional. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a new way. And, um, yeah, for anyone who's interested, Workaway is a great place to start. And there's loads of gardening projects, working with children, working with disabled people, which I've done a lot this year. And it's been fabulous, yeah. And a lot of these opportunities provide accommodation or your meals so you're actually yeah. meeting your living costs Absolutely. without like like you say a transaction yeah so there are, are other ways and it's funny we've just come out of this older way of life that maybe there was a call for that at some point some kind of change but we've gone so extreme that we've wandered away from that thought that there are other ways in which you can maintain your life provide everything that you need mm-hmm. um and not necessarily go for this this um, idea that's projected at us all the time which is constantly striving for success some more yeah and what defines success anyway you know <laughs> i know so many people that have had success and they're really established like actors or musicians <laughs> and they've got everything but the void's there because they've not done the inner work yeah yeah something that i want to say linked to what you're saying is one of the things like lessons I've learned is that if I want a different result in my life I need to do something different if I keep doing the same things I'm going to keep getting the same results and so one of the things that I do now is I take on practices and you mentioned my writing um, I took on the practice oh it's over a year now maybe two who knows of simply writing three pages a day every day and some days believe me I don't wanna you can't make me all that stuff right it's right up there in my face and what I've discovered is it's not about you it's about me and this opportunity of writing three pages a day is what connects me to myself rather than like it's got nothing to do with the outside world this is a bit of privateness how it's gone public i'm not really sure but (laughs) it's great that it has as one of my other things is like nothing hidden and to live the way that i'm living if i'm one of these kind of quiet secretive people as i used to be actually it's like oh i need to get over this hurdle this is the next hurdle this is the thing that keeps me from people. Yeah. Yep. And again, it's the having the courage to ask for what I want. And I still struggle with it. Yep. You know? <laughs> and like you say, it's, <laughs> it's about, so it's about um, consciously choosing to have a different reaction. So the same, not identical problems, but they're very similar problems keep coming up on your, in your life and you get frustrated it will keep repeating until you choose a different tactic. But like you said, nothing's going to change unless you consciously make that decision. I love the motto, nothing changes if nothing changes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. But um, it is coming to the last 10 minutes of the show. That's how much it's flown in. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it, put the um, next song on, which is Harvest Moon by Neil Young, which you chose. Mm-hmm. It really is something that's fitting with you guys because um, 
I'll just give a quick rundown to the listeners how I met you guys um, through a friend who had been working in a cafe and you had just been passing by, stopped off to, you know, maybe grab, walk, a, cup grab a tea or have a shower, you know, use the facilities. Um, and this person just saw the opportunity and was like, well, do you know what? You can use my place for a shower. Next thing they're in my friend's house, they're getting, you know, the songs going, they're, they're, they're singing and they're sharing stories. And then I come round, I bring some food um, and you guys realise I like there's something about this area I like it I'm going to stay around a little longer yep. you're camping quite nearby to me won't give away your exact location in case you get all these fans turning up later <laughs> um, but um, yeah we'll it, just make them a cup of tea yeah. <laughs> but you you guys have been camping and it's a beautiful spot um, for moon gazing uh-huh. it's been perfect nights you've had the campfire going you've also managed to attract some other people from my village um, we'll give a shout out to, to them if, if you want yeah, shout out Libby yeah. and Paul oh definitely Libby and Paul and Megan and here's Megan, your shout out and I know you're going to love us forever and Shaquilla who's dialed in <laughs> shout out Shaquilla and the people who are listening all around the world hi Spain hi America hi Canada <laughs> hi England India and Scotland too and Scotland you're yeah. You're digging Scotland at the moment, aren't you? Oh, I'm loving it. It's like one of the things that I wanted to say is that my kids keep going, "Um, Mum, when are you coming home? And (laughs) this for me has been the biggest leap of faith is to, I'm on a one way journey. Now, chances are I will end up at home, wherever that is, at some point. And it's like each and every day we get to play and create. Like, oh, what are we going to do today? Uh huh. We create our story every day. We do. We Definitely. are the authors of our lives. And in terms of people, if they're, they're digging these stories, they're feeling the vibration, they want to learn a little bit more, I guess I'll put it out there that if you haven't managed to listen to the full show, you want to listen to it later on, check out Mixcloud. You have Sunny G's um, profile on Mixcloud. So the full show with some tunes will be added to that later on, usually within 24 hours. Um, but you can also find the podcast version give me a few days to get that done guys but that that will be online Um, it will be available at serenitysister.co.uk there's a podcast page there so you can see all the previous podcasts Um, so this will be available and I'll also be putting in a couple of entries of um, Helen's journal um, her writing um, just to give a little bit of an essence of what what it's all about and for anybody that feels like they want to be able to promote and share that further we'll be i'll be um putting that out there every now and then on my shows but if anyone wants to take on board you know sharing that in its entirety sharing all the um the, the entries um day after day or week after week you can do that um, you can hit up Sunny G if you go on the sunnyg.org there's a contact form there if you've got any feedback for us it'd be amazing if you want to let us know what you got from the show we're always open to that it helps our growth as well um, and in terms of following the guys or communicating with them Sophia you've got um, an Instagram account yeah so you can find me at beauty in a backpack on Instagram or I have a website as well under the same name beautyinabackpack.com and Helen <laughs> you are in the process of setting up a new email address for anyone that wants to contact um, but in the meantime people get, can get in touch via um, the Sunny Govan contact form or directly with myself Serenity Sister so serenitysister.co.uk has a contact form as well um, and you can 
obviously get forward, forwarded that on to you. Um, is there anything else you would like to put out there before we bring the show to a close? Oh, <laughs> thank you. We thank have you. been blown away by the generosity of yeah. these Scottish people who have the reputation they have down in England yeah. and up here we have discovered that you lot are the most open-hearted generous kind, people kind, kind kind welcoming thank you, you so know, much thank there's, you there's been so much synchronicity on this journey so far just from saffron to everybody else we've met so thank you so much for welcoming us brilliant guys it was great having you anytime um, you want to rock back with your snail and slug and <laughs> um, you know, you can park up outside the studio get some free teas I guess in here, teas and coffees but I'm going to go to the last song The Harvest Moon just to bring it to a close because I'm sure you'll be moon gazing again tonight and I think there's something just so powerful with allowing yourself to absorb like that kind of ambience of moonlight and it helps you reflect it helps make you make you um have a bit of clarity and make decisions in life so guys take care this one's for you Kevin (laughs) (laughs) enjoy the rest of the day whatever you're doing folks you may hear this show on repeat at any time but please get in touch if you feel that it's so resonated with you that you have to reach out this is Harvest Moon by Neil Young and if you'd like to stick around there will be two journal entries to follow that Helen Jackson has written just to give an insight into their life on the road living a more conscious and simple way of life I'm already well into my writing when a head appears at the top of the hill closely followed by a pair of glasses and a small body pumping with the exertion of the climb it's Alex leading the way with his boundless energy. Lily appears next, then some while later, Eddie. They wandered off to do whatever they came up here to do before Eddie appears at my window, not noticing the wide open door. It's time for them to leave, so they head back down to pack away Hedgehog, the big, big tent. Snail, butterfly, slug and caterpillar seem sad and wonder if they'll ever see Hedgehog again. As they're all packed up and ready to leave, I ask them if they'd like to hear yesterday's story before they go. Sophia joins us. Lily, Alex and Eddie listen in intently as I read out loud. This is new for me. Reading out loud to real people rather than a phone? Hmm. I do record it too, though, and capture, capture their reactions as they appear in the story. Lily has much quieter energy than Alex, and I invite her to stay here with us today. We'll be heading down to the village later for the artist call, so we can return her when we go. She's delighted and I dig out the seldom-used this-trip colour pens and paper. Back down at camp, it's so peaceful after the energy of everyone recently. Paul's got a fire going in the fire pit and is boiling water from the river. It's flowed through the fields of peat and has a cold tea colour about it. Sophia turns her nose up at it and takes the empty water bottles up the hill to fill them with proper water from the tap up there. 
I suggest she mixes a little of the fresh river water in with the other water to gently acclimatise her system. Lily asks for a cup of tea, so we help her make one. And as she asks for four sugars, limit her to just one as we're running out. She settles herself on the bench and begins to draw, sipping her tea as she concentrates on what she's doing. The other three of us go about quietly as we're so enjoying the silence today. Marcel, the Australian ranger, appears with a pot of paint to paint the picnic tables and offers to bring us some wood down later whilst declining our offer of tea and lunch. We're all quiet again when we hear footsteps on the path. A second later, a voice appears said, Hello! And Alex appears. Eddie too, with Erin, the youngest, who'll be five on Wednesday. A friend of Paul's from school had appeared a short while earlier with her son, Louis, who'd happily eaten some of the prawn crackers for us. Paul and Corinne hadn't seen each other for ages, as Paul introduced us. She and Louis had headed over to the picnic tables and we pointed out the freshly painted ones. Erin ran over to them as she spotted someone around her own size in Louis and returned a while later with a wand of bubbles. There's a lot of energy around here again, so I sent the kids, sorry, the wins, off to collect some more wood. A never-ending task around here. Meanwhile, I checked in with Eddie to see how his body was holding up after yesterday's exertions putting up the tent. He replied, it's no the age, it's the mileage. The afternoon passed in a blur and suddenly it was four o'clock and time to start packing up before heading to the village. Our shelter is a communal space, so we empty all our things out before we leave, except our two folding chairs and the wood for Toad, the newly named fire pit. Sophia and Paul are both anxious about people coming and taking them while, they're, while we're away. And I remind them that these are all things we've actually been given as gifts. And I notice the attachment we're developing to them too. Paul considers staying to keep everything safe, though jumps in snail at the last minute to join us. We let Eddie and the winds lead the way, as I guess he drives faster than us. When we reach the village, we drop the bag of Libby's things she left behind outside her door as she's taking some downtime away from all of it. We drop her a message before heading off to Johnston and Morrison's. It's a lot further than I remember as we drive through pretty back roads. Paul points out the hill he climbed to the top of and we locate where we're staying from his directions. We wander around the shop and relieve them of two big bags of plastic wrapped food, some of which we will need, we can cook now we have Toad to cook on. My phone is buzzing away like crazy as I connect to the Wi-Fi. It's then that I discover that the call I've driven here for isn't happening today. Never mind, we've got all this food now to keep us going. Paul's made a list of things we need, so we go to his house to pick them up. 
I sit outside and catch up on some calls, whilst also cancelling all the rest of the calls I've scheduled for the next week. At last, I can leave my phone turned off for a while, other than recording these stories, of course, although I won't be able to send them. I'm in a funny mood, and I choose not to see Paul's place this time. Although Sophia does share that he lives at her lucky number. And I'm quiet as we drive back up to camp. Paul heads down to get the fire going. And I sit quietly as Sophia writes beside me. I'm considering myself not very good company this evening. So climb into bed, sensing Sophia's disappointment. She lays out all the reasons she'd like me back down at camp before heading back herself to join Paul. After a while, I notice that I can't settle, so put my clothes back on and walk down there, only to find out that, indeed, some people had come and taken Toad, the chairs, and some wood. Paul had bravely gone and found them, retrieved the chairs and the wood, and asked them to return the blazing toad when they were done. Paul explores other ways of building another fire, and we come together, as this is the first opportunity the three of us have had the time. And we shared our little hearts out, as we told stories of love and loss, of hardships from the past and dreams of the future. And now and again, we even dropped into this magic moment of now as we watched the soon-to-be full moon rise above the mountain. We were all more than tired, but didn't want to break this spell we'd weaved until it really was time for bed. Who's going to walk me up the hill tonight, I wonder, and get to walk back down alone in the dark? making sure they don't tread on the frogs. Last Friday, Libby, Paul, Sophia and I found this little piece of paradise. It's now Wednesday and there have been many shifts and changes, comings and goings. Libby was the first to leave, headed back to the village to honour her commitments to both her relationship and her job. Paul and Sophia have just left too, as Paul has work on Friday and needs a day to prepare. Sophia felt to go with him, so here I am, alone for the first time in over a week. It was quite a sudden decision. Paul from South Africa and Linda appeared in the shelter and cooked their lunch on a portable stove, Paul saying he was far more used to cooking on a barbie. We provided the wood and he set to and got a fire going on the barbie here. Water was boiled and food was heated and Sophia asked if there was any chance of a lift down the hill. There was, so suddenly the day has got busy. Pat the ranger has asked us to move the tents to allow the grass below them to recover. And we still have bags of food to sort through and lots of conversations to have. Are they coming back? Shall we leave the tents up? What food do I need? What stays? What goes? And somehow it all gets sorted out and they're off up the hill for their lift.
Erin and Zoe arrived yesterday with a beautiful white dog, a boy named Sue, for us old enough to remember the song. They too are leaving just now as Zoe has work coming up and we have a quick chat as they leave. The flow here is quite amazing. People come and people go as does the wind, the rain and the sunshine. There's so much balance and harmony out here in nature. So now everyone has left, including Pat the ranger. The tents got moved and left up and it's just Snail and I up here alone in the biggest of all the Scot Scottish national parks. And it's time to reflect a little on things. It seems that for the longest time I've been searching for my next home and it seems that here has everything I'm looking for. I'm not one to see in pictures, so didn't quite visualize it or even really recognize it when it appeared. So it took some time to land. We have shelter in the way of tents and snail and the barbecue area, which doesn't have a name yet. We have a clear running river beside us and a ranger's office a few minutes walk away, complete with hot and cold running water, toilets and showers. And then there's the nature side of things. Grass so soft that it's a total delight to walk barefoot on. A waterfall a short walk away. The sky, which is far more interesting to watch than any TV screen. And the ever-changing colours of the greens of the hill. The moon has been poking her head out over the hills, pouring brightness over us as Paul, Sophia and I huddle together around the fire pit toad and embrace the darkness. And within that darkness are demons. One by one they appear and get seen and heard by all of us before being cast off to the wind that appears seemingly specifically for that purpose. We've built enough, we have built sufficient trust between us now to allow our false selves, our protectors, to fall away a little and for our vulnerabilities to appear. And as we drop yet again into our significance, the moon peeks out from behind a cloud and almost laugh at us. We too remember to laugh at ourselves, a gift Libby left us with, the ability to laugh at the ridiculousness of it all. There's a slight shift of energy and the light from the fire drops a little. It's time to move, to embrace the night. And once again, we pack everything away and carry it to the waiting tents before the both of them walk me up the hill. Darkness has fallen and I set off before the others, allowing my eyes to adjust to what little light there is from the moon. I warn the frogs that I may not be able to see them in this light and ask that they please get out of my way. They seem to have heard as I continue slowly along the path. Sophia soon catches me up and the light of her phone messes with my eyes. Which light to follow now? The bright man-made light or the light from the moon? Sophia wants to avoid squishing a frog, of course, and Paul points out that he's heard that frogs migrate, which could well account for the number of them that we've seen these last two nights. 
and we're still not done. And we stand by snail watching a satellite go past as we did with the space station a couple of nights ago. And the song we've all been humming and singing these last days got another new set of words. I see the satellite and the satellite sees me or maybe it's just a conspiracy. Bill Gates up there with his 5G. Please take your light off me. And we laugh together and have a group hug, my head between one hard masculine body and another soft feminine one before they two head off back down the hills. There's rather a lot of up and down hills in this writing, but that's kind of how it is round here. And as I settle into bed, I just know that I'll not be sleeping much as the energies are really intense right now. So I simply lie still, listen and observe to all that's going on. I'm neither asleep nor awake and it seems my eyelids are neither quite open nor quite closed. It's quite the extraordinary night, pretty woo-woo even by my standards. And Erin hits the nail on the head when she says she felt like she was in the matrix. It seems this earth really is getting ready for her long healing sleep and the signs are everywhere for those who wake enough to see them. Follow the light. Even on the dark path up to Snail, the green light of the electric vehicle charger shone out calling me home. Follow the light. No matter how much darkness appears, there is always light. Sometimes not always apparent, yet worth stopping for a moment, taking a moment of stillness and waiting for it to appear. It always has, it always does, and it always will. The whispers going around so that we're coming close to an ascension and that those who choose to will get the chance to step into the alight when it arrives and be lifted away from this world, which despite all our efforts, still hangs on to darkness, evil and badness. We've had our chances over and over and over again to change things, yet have stubbornly hung on to all that negative energy in favour of the goodness and light. So now it's time for the universe to intervene and put things right, restore balance and harmony. And who knows if there's even a grain of truth in those words. We'll just have to wait and see. And until then, all there is to do is to be ready. Let go of all we no longer need. Release. And even if it turns out that there is no ascension after all, at least we'll have let go and invited some lightness in, which can't hurt now after all, can it?